talks about that. Uh, when you look at um, the word of the Lord, and um, <coughs> it um, basically says, you know, uh, we are growing apostolic legacy. And I started Sunday morning uh, by looking at um, a, a lesson that I think is, there are so many types and shadows in the Bible, and there are a lot of times when individuals are uh, really um, talk about how numerology and numbers and some of those things play into um, the, the word of the Lord and the significance of some of that. And we know that seven is <clears throat> the perfect number, God's number, because uh, creation was six days. On the seventh, he rested. And then on seven sevens, 49, on the 50th day was the day of Pentecost after Passover. And so uh, all of these things you can overlay. And I, I, I went through Sunday talking about the tabernacle plan and the three main areas of the tabernacle. There were skins wrapped around uh, with, that enclosed uh, the, what we would call the outer court. And it had uh, a big gate uh, that gate you could call the way, and it had a big altar, and that was the altar of burnt sacrifice or the brazen altar and altar of burnt offering. And um, then there was a laver of water. Now, most people could not go to the laver of water. That was still reserved only for the priest. But the priest could go there every day. They could go there multiple times a day. They would... Uh, cleanse after offering a sacrifice, after burning that sacrifice, they would could go and wash, uh, etc. Then there was the holy place or uh, <clears throat> the inner court, if you will, but the holy place, and it had three main pieces of furniture, a table of showbread, a lampstand, and a golden altar of incense. Of course, all of this stuff could fit inside the uh, altar of uh, the brazen altar, the altar of sacrifice, of burnt offering. But uh, it had those three pieces. And, and uh, there was a priest that was chosen uh, periodically to go in. And for those of you that are Bible scholars, remember not only did this happen in the temple, but it happened... Uh, I mean, in the tabernacle, but it also happened in the temple. And if you remember um, when it talks about John the Baptist's father, it fell, it, it fell his lot to go in and offer incense. So it was, he was allowed to go in on that day and altar, and uh, he would have been in the uh, inner court, but not in the Holy of Holies. And therefore, uh, he, that's where he heard the angelic uh, presence uh, that told him all about uh, John the Baptist being born. Um, <clears throat> so when you have that, they would go in there 
daily, sometimes weekly to change the bread, sometimes to daily, twice a day to put on incense uh, that was before the Lord, etc. Then one day out of the year, one day, the day of atonement, would the high priest alone go in. He would take all of his priestly garments off. He was stripped down to basically uh, an inner tunic, and he went in, and uh, the veil, uh, according to the Jewish theology or belief, they believed that the Lord magically opened that veil up and allowed him to step in, and that's where the mercy seat was. That's where the ark was. The ark had three things in it, the table of uh, the uh, the table of uh, the Ten Commandments, and then it had or the uh, plates of the Ten Commandments uh, that were written in stone. It had a bowl of manna, and it had Aaron's rod that had budded, and all of those were covered with the mercy seat. So I looked at that one room, second room, third room, and you can uh, overlay that with. Um, the, um, the uh, you know, being presented before God. And then I talked about the three feasts, the main three feasts, according to Deuteronomy. Three times a year you go in before the Lord. The Feast of the Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, which was later called pa uh, the Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Day of Atonement. And so unleavened bread is Passover, and we talked about some of that. And uh, we talked about how there were numerous examples that you could overlay on those three rooms. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father by me. So you look at the way. The way to go in was through the gate. Then when you got into the truth, you go into the next group. And then the life being the last one or the holy of holies. Uh, of course, Paul wrote in Corinthians, faith, hope, and charity. And the greatest of these is what? Charity, which is love, which is the innermost area of that uh, <coughs> tabernacle uh, plan. Now, as I mentioned, there are so many others, and I, I did not, um, I, I, I talked about some of these. Um, it, it's not letting me switch this slide. Anyway, uh, there it is. Okay. Uh, it's not switching it on mine, so you may have to take over. So the uh, unleavened bread, the outer court, the way, uh, we can call it repentance, water baptism, faith. Uh, when you reason I say that is because he that cometh to God must first what? Believe that he is. And there are a lot of people that will call themselves a Christian that have, you know, they have faith. That they, have, they believe there's a God, you can talk to them. They believe that he uh, loves them, they're whatever. And, and so they're, but they're, that's as far as they want to get. They are not, some of them don't even want to worry about being baptized. If, if you are, it really doesn't matter. But that's, that's what I have to do to be part of the church is just 
believe and get, get baptized. And if you want any more, you know, that's, that's way out there and you don't have to do that. And it's like I mentioned, 30-fold. Or that's just, uh, as one writer called, about milk and babes. And it's like I'm going this far and that's it. Then there is that next room, which would be like uh, the uh, holy place, and it is the inner court, the first chamber, and that would have been like the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost. It would be a spiritual infilling of the Holy Ghost baptism, water baptism in the outer, Holy Ghost baptism in the inner. And that's where you have the bread. And he wrote unto young men, and it's like the soul. When you talk about body, soul, and then our third part, spirit, it's like 60-fold. It is like, okay, now, and as most of you know, we would say that uh, <clears throat> apostolics, it's not just uh, it's not a religion. It's not just something that you do once a week and a club that you're a part of. And I've given my money and that's as far as it goes. I'm just doing it because um, all my family was blank. And therefore, that's what I am. But apostolics, I would, I would argue that most when you receive the Holy Ghost, you, you sort of move into the 60-fold. It becomes more of in your soul. There is a peace that passes understanding. There is a, an anointing that touches. There is something, as the Bible says, out of your belly shall flow. What? rivers of living water. And so there's something that goes down in there that is, uh, you know, we, we then have the strength. We know because the Bible says, he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and then that he is what? A rewarder. Now, uh, that's different because the, what we have seen in America is people leaving Christianity, because what's it do for me? It's not, it's not making me better. And that's because all of our life now is centered around, you know, selfies and me and what does it do for me? And if it doesn't do something for me, ah, I don't have time for it. And so, you know, People are alarmed and it's, you know, wow, churches losing attendance and churches closing and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so you say, well, the Feast of Pentecost, there was that moving into sort of, I write into you young men because you're strong. You're going to have to fight some battles. It's 60-fold. It's, it's, it's even more so uh, <clears throat> of getting in and, and uh, struggling that he is still a rewarder. No matter what I'm going through, I still, faith, hope. What's the second word? Faith out here, hope is here. I still hope. I still have hope. He is hope for the anchor of my soul. I still have hope in God. I still have hope. The Lord's gonna, okay? But then there is the third room. And that is the room that is the holy of holies. And if you remember, the veil was rent. Jesus gave us access to that. And so 
when we talk about the way, the truth, now it's the life. It's, I would say, not water baptism, not Holy Ghost baptism, but I would say fire baptism. I know, you know, when we get the Holy Ghost, a lot of times we say, oh, we got the fire like they did on the day of Pentecost, cloven tongues like as a fire. But the early church really got the fire. It turned their world upside down. They, counted, they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to die for it. That they could, they could go through whatever it was. Now, obviously, not everybody that got the Holy Ghost was so turned because there was a couple, Ananias and Sapphira. Huh? I got, I got a little bit here. I want to, I am not, you know, I, everybody is literally going ape, la la over God. They're selling and bringing it to church. And you remember? Now, and I'm not telling you you got to sell everything and bring it to church, but out of, they were, they had the Holy Ghost. They were baptized in Jesus' name. But yet they go, eh, I don't know. Well, we have others, Demas, others that got the Holy Ghost, that went on missions trip. What? I go, you know what? <laughs> that's, that's, that's fire. <laughs> I don't know if I want the fire. I'm willing to have the 60-fold. I'm willing to get the Holy Ghost. But don't ask me to get over here into the burn me up and, and wipe out. I'm going to just tell you something. For those of you who may not know it, fire changes everything. If we have fire in this building, guess what? It is totally transformed. You, you understand what I'm saying? And, and fire... You know, the kind of fire that this is talking about is not a fire like in a fireplace where it's an enclosed area where you can contain it. What the Lord was talking about was being consumed by fire. Wow. Now, now Pastor, you're... Uh, do we really need that kind of fire? I, I, I'll handle 60, but don't ask for the hundredfold. Okay, I understand that. It was, but the problem that you have is that you never get to sit with Jesus because the seat was in the Holy of Holies, in the mercy seat. And so, it is the ultimate in love. And if you want to know what that, how wonderful that love is, read 1 Corinthians 13 chapter. We read it at weddings because we know nobody will do it. Nobody is ever that much in love. Thinks no evil, bears no evil, never, huh? That's hundredfold 
To have that kind of love is hundredfold. And yet the Lord wants us to have that. It is strong meat. It is written like unto fathers. It is not something that I, I would venture to say probably most of us, myself included, live into that kind of, you know, uh, depth of God's love. And yet, what we should be feeling almost daily is the Lord wanting us to go to that place. Okay? And so when you are in your 60-fold and you do something or say something or act a certain way, there should be a little bit of something from the Lord that says, oh, come on, I, I want you... Huh? And the easy thing to do is to go, oh, you're my, you want me to do that, but what about them? They're not acting that way. Now, you've probably never had those thoughts. But it is not about you measuring yourself to some other person. It's about measuring myself to whose lap am I going to sit in. Wow. So, that feast is the Day of Atonement. And I talked some about it. Specifically about the goat and the two goats. And we know the Lord satisfied both of those. But the fact that even on that Day of Atonement. And there was a week of cleansing. Cleansing the temple, cleansing the tabernacle, of getting rid of stuff, cleansing the priest, all of that, there came down to two goats, and there was this choice. And I think probably all of us have at times experienced the choice of do I become the scapegoat or the Lord's goat? Can I escape? And you've probably never been tempted to just escape, whether it's, now, it doesn't have to be a bad thing, but I just want to get away. I, you probably never even said that. I just need to get away. I just wish I could just get away. <laughs> huh? And yet... That's the scapegoat. That goat is led out into the wilderness and gets away. There was another goat, though. And what was that goat? The Lord's goat. The one that was going to have his throat cut, going to be sacrificed. And that, <laughs> oh, I don't want to go through this. I don't want to feel this. I don't want to have this. I don't want. Nevertheless, not. I want to sit with you, Lord. When you escape, when you run, there is a voice that will try to call you from the wilderness. That's what the Bible talks about. When you read in Revelation, the 12th chapter, Hosea, 
the second chapter, Isaiah the 53rd chapter, and I read those. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. I, and I understand. I, I, we have folks on vacation. We're going to try to take a few days before David Guy has to leave if, if we still haven't heard anything. I, I understand getting away. I understand trying to escape. I get it. But, you know, there are those that escape through things that will destroy them. They escape into a bottle, or they escape into a drug, or they escape into doing something that they shouldn't do. And so then they, they don't feel, then what do they feel like they've got to come back and do? Oh, God, forgive me, praise an altar. Oh, I wish I could be rebaptized every time. Oh, God, huh? Then, Lord, let me get back into you. And then, then the Lord starts pulling me into the hundredfold. Now I'm going to have to do one of two things. Either submit to the sacrifice or escape. And we've all felt that. I'm, I'm not saying I've not felt it. I've felt it. I, you know, and I know sometimes when it's change of scenery is whatever. I mean, we went to NAYC, and I, I always love it when I come back. People say, would you have fun on your vacation? And, you know, you think, yeah, it was great. I was up till 2 o'clock every morning, and got up. And it was a fun vacation. I, you know, it really wasn't escape, per se. You know, but it's, I understand, change of scenery. I get all of that. But Isaiah talks about, we have gone to our own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Then when you read in the, on in the 55th chapter, he said, anyone that's thirsty, anyone that's, uh, that's hungry, let you come and buy. Let you be satisfied. That means come back through into the water, come back through into the, the bread, out of outer court, come make your way back into the place, the holy place, where you can then move into where God is. You know, if you're trying to escape, what I don't want to go through, I don't want to go through, I don't want to cry, I don't want to feel, it's, but you know what the best response is? And some of you that have had little children know what I'm talking about. You know, they're fussy, they're fussy, they're, yeah, I don't want to bath, I don't want to sit down, I don't want to just curl up in mama's lap. Huh? And they can get so mad, you know they're hungry, you know, okay, they're hungry, but I, they, they won't even eat right now, they're so mad. Huh? Try to get them to feed, no, nope. I'm just mad. I'm just frustrated. Okay. So what Isaiah wrote was that the Lord is wooing us out of the wilderness. And that's why we know that Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So that's uh, that righteousness peace that's in the soul, and then joy of the Holy Ghost. 
There is real joy when you get into the presence of Almighty God and sit with him in heavenly places. Now, there's a step to get there. That is righteousness, doing right, peace in your heart, mind, through the presence of the Lord, and then joy of the Holy Ghost. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. In Galatians, he said, as many of you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, and then you are all one in Christ. And then he, he also says something that's very powerful. He talks about, it's not me, but what? Christ that lives in me. And he prayed in Galatians 4th chapter, I, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ is what? Formed. And so that doesn't happen in the first week. Those of you that know about childbirth, you know, the Bible talks about the word is like a seed and the word germinates, but until Christ is formed. So this is a constant thing that the Spirit is trying to get us into the Holy of Holies to be like Jesus, to sit in his lap. Now, that's why in Colossians, Paul said it like this, the mystery that has been hidden from the ages, which is, you've seen, is the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. Christ in you. The what? The hope, faith, hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man, teaching every man wisdom, and we present every man perfect in Christ. I labor, striving according to his working, and that works in me mightily. What are we doing? <clears throat> We're trying to get Christ formed in us. My job is to try to help you all get Christ formed in you. And I talked about Ruth Sunday morning and the, how she cleaned and she got one uh, epith of barley and then the, uh, Boaz gave her 11, uh, six more, which made seven, and how the seven spirits of God and then I read, I think one of the last verses was here in Ephesians, that, that what is that a beautiful opening to this book that Paul wrote, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you would know what is the hope of his calling. Many are called... But few are what? It's not, there, there are a lot of people that, are, yeah, well, okay, yeah, I believe in the Lord. I, I ask him to forgive me. I confessed him. But that's, that's the way. But there's more than that. There are called, but few are chosen. Chosen, how? That few are willing to go into the holy place. That's a little weird. That's a little over the top. That's a little more than I want. I like it. I just like to go. I don't want anybody. 
I don't want anybody in my business. I don't want the Lord messing me up. I, I don't want anybody, you know, and I know preachers, and I, I was guilty. I've been guilty of saying, look, you need to this, and you need to that, and I'm going to tell you what to do. But you know what? The real culprit is the Lord. People don't want the Lord telling them what to do. Huh? I don't want anybody. I, I, I'm, I'm okay with going by. I'm okay with shaking your hand, but let's not get crazy. So what is the hope of his calling? And what is, what is the hope of his calling? That you will get closer and closer to him. That's what the hope of his calling is. He called you out of darkness into this marvelous light that you would show forth the praises, that you would move into a connection with him. What is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? The exceeding greatness of his power, power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named. Now, the reason I put that in there is because there is a place where you can get, and we have seen it, where, and, and we don't live there, but where through the anointing you can speak things that are not as though they are. You feel that unction from the Holy Ghost? It, it's going to be all right. Don't you worry. Huh? And you're speaking with kingly authority. God's got this. And you go, wow, something came over me, and I just said it. I know what I'm talking about. It's made a proclamation by faith. Through faith. And so he says here that that's, that's authority. That's king power. That's, uh, that's you... The only way that operates is when you are 100% connected, 100-fold connected with him. Huh? Who raised him from the dead. He goes on, power above principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but the world to come, put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head of all things to the church, which is his body. And then what is that last phrase? The fullness of of him, all seven spirits are supposed to be operating. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. You say, well, I, and I'm going to just be candid. I, spirit of wisdom, the spirit of might, the spirit of understanding. If you're not trying to get into this fullness then you can say, wow, I don't know. The Lord didn't show me. The Lord didn't. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. When you're praying in the spirit realm, the Lord will quicken you. Listen, you need to this. You need to that. What? Anybody ever had that happen? And you go, wow, I don't even, I don't even know how I thought of that. And there was a quickening of the Holy Ghost. Now, 2 Corinthians, 4th chapter, and talks about in whom the God of this world is blinded, 
the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is and who is he? He is in the image of God. So as Christ was the image of God, we are supposed to be the image of Jesus. Right? And so, <clears throat> new verse, I didn't put in the other one before, I don't believe, but here, here it is, Romans, the third chapter. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, all of us, being freely justified by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That's the brazen altar whom God set forth to be a propitiation. Everybody say propitiation. That word in the Greek is halasterion. Say propitiation again. Propitiation. That word is only used two times in the entire Bible. It's Greek. He said, God set forth him to be a propitiation, lastrion, through faith in his blood. To do what? Declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. Paul used it one other time in Hebrews, the ninth chapter, when he was describing the priest and the pieces of furniture and all of that and he gets to describing the ark and he said the ark where the Lord sat the cherubims of glory shadowing and he called it the mercy seat it's the same word halastrion that word propitiation and mercy seat so if you want to use what Paul was saying in Hebrews 9, 5 and interpret that Greek word mercy seat, what Romans, the third chapter says is whom God set forth to be a mercy seat Woo! through faith. In, where is the Lord trying to get you to go? Into the holy of holies. That's where you get the mercy seat of God. <laughs> he said he had set him to be a mercy seat through faith in his blood. Now, I know I, I can run directly into the third room, sit with Jesus, enjoy being in his presence, and the ditch on the other side is I don't need anybody. I don't need you to help me do that. I can do that by myself. And if you're not careful, and that's where we have people that are acting like all I need is him. But it's not just, and I, I use this, <laughs> I use, when I was reading this, I thought, you remember the story of Gideon? and the army he was trying to get, and there were some people that just stuck their head in the water. They didn't, they didn't care about anybody else. They didn't care what was going on around them. They just... And you know, 
some people come to God and boom, they run into the holy place. They run into the holy of holies. Man, they feel good. They shout, they dance, they stick their head in the water. Then they get up and leave. Huh? They don't drink like the 300. What's going on around me? I want to be part of the body. I want to know what's happening. Wow. That's why Paul wrote in Ephesians, he gave some, what? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, that we're supposed to drink from their hands. You know, I've had people say, well, pastor, I, I didn't know that. I didn't understand that. Well, that's the gift that God has. And so even for myself, I act like I don't need the body. I don't need church. I don't need anybody. I can get all of on my own. I can do my own thing. I've missed the point of being in the mercy seat. How would you like it if you knelt down to pray and Jesus said, well, right now I'm just enjoying the worship of all those saints in Africa and I don't have time for you right now. I'm, I'm doing miracles over here in India. and Huh? You just work that one out yourself. I, don't bother me with that. I don't want you. Huh? Jesus, Bible says he didn't come to seek and to save himself. It was to save somebody else. And if we're supposed to be like him, the Holy Ghost has filled us not so that we have all the glory. Woo, amen, awesome, awesome, awesome. And I don't ever invite anybody else. I don't ever pray for anybody. I don't ever help anybody. Huh? It's all about me. Well, I got my good blessing. I got my fix today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So that's why Paul said this is for the edifying of the body of Christ. Notice the words that he used. Till we all come in the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And that's where I put the, you know, am I going to lap like a dog? or out of somebody's hand, or, or what am I going to do? How am I going to get out and get a blessing? And it, and it goes back to the goats. You know, I got my touch, and then I'm out of here. I'm gone. I'm out in the wilderness. And the Lord's saying, come on, I want you to completely sacrifice. <clears throat> so we know what Romans says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but three things, righteousness, peace, and joy. So we talked about that in fact Jesus had said that this belly water would flow out of your belly and he said that would be like a prophet which spoke righteousness a prophetic word is out of your belly it's like I am 
prophesying. I am telling you, you need to do good. You need to change. You need to whatever. And then there was a priest word, which is trying to produce peace. And most of us, unfortunately, you know, when we first came to God, we, we could tell people, now you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that. We're trying to produce righteousness. Huh? And then hopefully we graduated to 60-fold where we speak a word of peace, right? The Lord can help you, the Lord, huh? But then there's that third word, which is a word that produces joy. When you can say to somebody, listen, I just felt an unction, it's gonna be all right, huh? Speaking with kingly authority, and that's the, you know, we want to call it the high calling of God and Christ Jesus, whatever word you want to use with that. James said that if we're not careful, you know, they were writing to people that were filled with the Holy Ghost, and he said, you can get into bitter envying and strife in your hearts. He said, don't glory in that. And then he goes through seven things about when you start when you start getting earthly and sensual and devilish, envying and strife, confusion, he said, first of all, it's pure. Then it's peaceable. Then it's gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. I didn't write down what it says in Corinthians because I know none of us can do that with love. James was, these seven are hard enough. Huh? And he said, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. That, you got you to have at least 60% of the Holy Ghost, 60-fold, to be a peacemaker. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, Paul wrote in Romans for the earnest expectation of the creature waits. What is it waiting for? The manifestation of the to be like him. I want you to know I believe that in this last hour before the Lord comes, that's why I encourage these young people. But the world is looking for people that will manifest Jesus. They understand the way. Some of them understand the truth. But can you show the life of Jesus? You say, well, pastor, that's hard. I understand it's hard. Pastor, you've got to die daily. Oh, Okay. I got I to gotta let the Lord cut my throat daily? I would rather escape daily. Don't get too heavy on me. Huh? And, and we're so blessed. We have a phone that can, it has all things you can escape into. Huh? Not necessarily bad, just... 30 minutes, boom, gone. 45, boom, gone, huh? Okay. 
He said, the creature made itself, was subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. The creature, what was Paul saying? That the Lord, that's why he said he considers our friend. He knows our first desire is to run. To escape, we don't want to keep getting back in there. Huh? He said, deliver the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption, that's his flesh, into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And all of creation is groaning and travailing in pain until now. Not they only, but ourselves, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves. And maybe you've never felt this way. Oh, God, I did it again. Why? Oh, there's a groan within me waiting for the adoption to wit that I'm trying, Lord. Ooh, I messed up again. That guy. If he wouldn't have flipped me off, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have honked my horn. Huh? If she wouldn't have yelled at me, I, I, I would not have, I wouldn't have said, to the moon, Alice. Huh? It's not my fault. And then I feel that pull from the Holy of Holies and it's a groan inside my spirit. Maybe you've never experienced this. This is Wednesday night. This is us. Huh? And you go, oh, God, I did it again. Don't let the enemy tell you you're bad, you're horrible. That's what the Lord is doing. He's pulling us into this. Why? He said, waiting for the adoption to whip the redemption of the body. That's why I, I put here, blessed are the peacemakers. We are ambassadors of Christ. That means, uh, that word ambassador there means older, mature Christians. This is not for babes. I get it. Babes, young people, older saints. I don't mean just older in age, older in maturity. And I believe the Lord is going to take some of our young people and make them mature Christians. Are they all there? No. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. I'll be his God. He shall be my son. Oh, that last verse there, it says in Hebrews 12, 9, said, our fathers in the flesh corrected us and we give them reverence. How shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits? Wow. I know, my time is up. I've got Lord Jesus. Okay. I... I hope you're not overwhelmed or depressed by this. I hope it, you, you realize there is a tug 
that is going on in the spirit world trying to move us. The Lord wants to sit with us in heavenly places. He is trying to pull us into the holy of holies. And most of the time I go kicking and screaming. I don't want to, I don't cut my throat, Lord. I'd rather escape right here. And the Lord is saying, but there is a place where you can sit the propitiation, the mercy seat of God. What do you say? I, I know. I, I understand. I'm not, you're not competing with me. You're not competing. You're not saying, well, I, I'm as good as pastor. I, you, you probably got me beat by a long shot. But for all of us to be like, there should be something within us pulling us to be like, on earth I long. Oh, but you don't understand. Is it easy? No. Does it take dying daily? Yes, sometimes more than once a day. Have I ever messed up? Yes, and I run off to the wilderness. I escape. I try to, what? The Lord says, come on. You need to, Come back into my presence. Sit down. I'll wrap my arms around you. We're going to make it through this. Oh, but you don't know what I've been through. I know. But guess what? He was tempted in all points as are we. As a matter of fact, and, I, and, and where I'm going with this is the Lord, according to Simon Peter, according to Paul, wants us to be kings and priests unto him. And what is it? You, the priest, if you can't take this and be like him, how can you give something? And most of us have family that need what we can get. Huh? In fact, there is a a place where, and I'll show you the scripture where Paul said, you need to kind of help, and, and he used a word that probably, you need to help the morons. I mean, I wouldn't have said that. That was kind of a bad Greek word, but said, you need to help those that don't understand. Well, let me tell you, I think that's where we all are now is we need to get as much as we can, stay as close as we can, because I don't know what we're going to run into this week, who you're going to meet at work, who you're going to meet. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand. We should have cut that moron word out before I send it out. I'll try to do better. If they've listened all that way, maybe they'll be all right. Oh, hallelujah. What are you saying? In fact, if you want to come, we can come and stand. I, I, God lives in a three-room house, and he's trying to get us into the living room where he lives. Oh, hallelujah. 
I want to go into the living room and sit down in the big chair with him, don't you? One piece of furniture, nice, comfortable seat. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, forgive us so many times. Forgive me. I've gotten that far and I've just haven't crossed over through the Holy of Holies. Forgive me, Lord. Wash me, cleanse me.